Great stuff with Sam Paniatovich in the last segment. Sammy giving us bets for the NFL and college football. We'll get college football bets from our guy Colin Wilson coming up here in just a moment. But I want to remind our live audience, we're going to get to your bets coming up next hour on the show in the YouTube and the Twitch chats. So to tell us your favorite football bet for the weekend, or on Monday, of course, on the holiday weekend, the reason why you like it, and Ken and I will talk about them coming up next hour on the show, youtube.com backslash Odyssey Sports, twitch.tv backslash BetQL, and we will get to our playoff sims starting 20 minutes from now in the National Football League, uh, final hour, power hour, all our bets for tonight, and all our bets and all the latest updated injury news on this phenomenal football Friday for Week 17 in the National Football League. But without further ado, we welcome into the show now the aforementioned Colin Wilson on the Mount Rushmore of You Better You Bet guests uh, of the Big Bets on Campus podcast with our friends Stucky and Brett McMurphy. We encourage people to check out that podcast. They are friends of the show. Be sure to support them like they support us. And uh, check all Colin's written work out at the Action Network and on the Action Network app. He is on Twitter at underscore Colin1. Colin spelled with two L's. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Hope you and your family had a Merry Christmas. How's it going? Things are going well, guys. Good Christmas on my way out. I'm actually already on the West Coast getting ready to uh, attend this Rose Bowl and uh, hopefully catch some tickets while I'm in, on, my, uh, on my vacation path. Uh, Colin, I, I got to ask you before we do games, uh, you watch more bowl games than probably anybody that I know. I know you try to watch them all because you bet on most of them. Where does the Pop-Tarts Bowl rank as like a viewing experience, an edible mascot that emerges from a toaster that the winning team then consumes? Where does this rank for you among, like, weird but awesome bowl things? It's obviously number one because everyone was, in, was fascinated with the mayo bowl. I mean, we've had other bowls with some craziness, you know, getting Cheez-Its dumped on you, fries dumped on you, potatoes, you know, whatever. Well, the bar has been raised. I don't – and as much as I love the mascot and as much as I love the performance and the toaster, who is the person that designed all this stuff? Do they have a contract in Hollywood to make movies? Like, can they make short stories? Like <laughs> – Whoever's responsible for the design and the thinking of this, A-plus, five stars, deserves a major Hollywood studio role as a producer, director, or whatever, because it was amazing. I, I think my question would be more like, what drugs are they on? I think would, 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 would be would be my question. And like, probably whatever it is, probably pretty good. All right, my friend, let's get to some bets. Um, before we turn our attention to tomorrow and then obviously to Monday, anything coming up tonight with Mizzou and Ohio State, like crazy line movement throughout the process here? I feel like this is like the, this game is the poster child for why like I can't pay attention to bowl season. I got asked this week on a radio interview, like, hey, what's happening in this game? I'm like, I have no idea. Ohio State and Mizzou tonight, anything in this bowl game, and then we'll go to the weekend and we'll go to Monday. Well, Marvin Harrison is practicing, and so these little embers of fire now turn into a you know wildfire storm of people thinking that he's going to play. And if he plays and Devin Brown complete a pass to him, then sure, it changes the handicap. But from everything that I've heard, he's actually not going to play here. So I think, you know, Missouri, the final number you can get, whether it's five and a half, five at the end of the night, that's probably going to be the best number. I know that I've read that uh, the best outcome for oddsmakers is obviously going to be Ohio State winning and Missouri covering instead of Missouri winning this outright. So. We'll see what happens there. I, I still stand by the fact that Missouri has the best trio from quarterback, running back, wide receiver of any other bowl team that's been in this entire season. Defense is leaky, but they're leaky because they give up explosives, and that's not something that Devin Brown's been able to do. Of course, that changes if Marvin Harrison is playing, but uh, you know I don't expect him to play. And, and if he does, I still think Missouri's good to cover that number. 
It's crazy. Like, I, I feel like, you know, for like three weeks, we've been talking about like that game specifically. And now we're like, finally at the day of the game, like that was one of the original you know, like big line movements and, and kind of representative of like the opt outs and the transfer portal and stuff. Con, why don't we, we'll go out of order here a little bit. Cause I, I just want to make sure you have enough time to kind of give all your thoughts on both semifinals. So like just at Ohio state, uh, their, their last opponent in the regular season was Michigan. Who's obviously in the Rose bowl. You'll be at the game against Alabama. The betting market for this has stayed really stable, uh, more movement on the total than the side honestly michigan's still less than a field goal favorite one and a half two a two and a half on the board depending on where you go and then the total which opened like 46 has dropped about a point and a half so some interest in the under uh i guess from betters as we get closer to the game so michigan a small favorite total in the mid 40s this is kind of the market we've been dealing with for a while uh any updated thoughts here you'll be at the game uh what do you make of this game Nothing heavy on the on the on the total. I do I do like the over, and it's because how do you handicap this game? If you think Jalen Miller is going to get outside that pocket and make explosive plays, and you think JJ McCarthy is fully healthy from his ankle injury, then you're playing the over in this game. But you know, really for me, I was sitting around with Alabama nine to one futures, and for about three weeks said, you know, I'm not going to hedge off right now. I've got a month to figure this out. Wrote up the full game over on Action Network. Everyone can go read, and there is a path that is very. Uh, I believe it can happen for the Michigan defense, which is what Texas and Georgia did. And Texas and Georgia's plan was simple. Keep Jalen Milrow in the pocket, maintain your pass rush integrity, and Jalen has not made a mistake on passes over 20 yards. He's made 24 big-time throws. Now, where he's terrible is between 10 to 19 yards. He only has one big-time throw. He has seven turnover-worthy plays and a boatload of interceptions. So it's easy. Get him in the middle of the field. Let him make plays in the middle of the field. Let him scramble a little bit and then try to get his eyes on slants and crossers. So I think Michigan's going to be extremely capable with just four linemen of keeping him in the pocket, which is what Texas did. It was the exact same game plan. Now, Georgia just didn't execute. You flip to the other side of the ball, ask yourself this question. Are you going to see Michigan from 2021 who tried to bully over Georgia in the Peach Bowl, or are you going to see the Michigan team that lined up, went four verts, let J.J. McCarthy throw it all over the field with a little bit of tempo? I think we're going to get what we saw in the Fiesta Bowl last year. Cheryl Moore is simply not going to line up, run inside zone against a great inside zone run defense, and let Blake Corum go off tackle, especially when they're missing one of their best gardens, Zach Center. This game is going to be played outside the tackles. J.J. McCarthy is going to be loose running the ball. He was almost near health with his ankle when he played against Iowa. They didn't flash any of his running. They're going to here. The only way to beat Alabama is to make them make mistakes out in space. If you think you're going to line up, and run Blake Corum over tackle, it's not going to happen. So that's why I do favor the over. More importantly, I think Michigan can win this game. Uh, I, I did go in, cover up my future bets on Alabama 9-1. to I put in a few units to cover that up, make a little bit more if they make the national title game. If I didn't have any money on this game whatsoever, I would play Michigan on the money line. I tell you, that is like an all-time answer by our pal Colin Wilson. Side, total, and prop thoughts for Michigan and Alabama in the Rose Bowl coming up on Monday. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Phenomenal football Friday. Bets for the college football weekend and Monday, of course, this holiday weekend with Colin Wilson. Big bets on campus podcast. Action Network on Twitter at underscore Colin1. Colin spelled with two L's. Colin, what about the uh, the Sugar Bowl on Monday night with Texas and Washington? Longhorns a four-point favor, total of 63-and-a-half. Yeah, I still stick by my original projection that I think Texas wins this game by one. So I would take Washington with the four, a number that I don't think is going to be there at close. I think this thing closes closer to three, if not two and a half. So, <laughs> excuse me. So, I mean, there's just, 
nothing in the Texas secondary and the numbers and the coverage packages, what they do, that's going to be able to stop Michael Penix from throwing. He has a 3.2% pressure to sack ratio. You can't get to him. He's NFL ready. He can throw the ball to the sidelines in an instant. Uh, and, and, you know, when you look at some of the routes that they run, wide receiver screen, hitch routes, Texas has been horrible, 37% success rate defending those routes. Now, all of that is predicated by Washington running the play action. I'm not sure they're going to have success running Dylan Johnson up the middle, faking people out with play action later in the game. But when they go five wide and they get people moving around, Texas does not have an answer for that on the back end. Texas, meanwhile, it's just a crapshoot. You're literally standing at the roulette table, calling a number out and flipping a chip when it comes to them scoring points when they get into scoring opportunities. They're 67th in finishing drives. They're 121st in offensive red zone touchdowns. They have serious issues the closer they get to the goal line. That didn't show up against Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship. That didn't show up in the last couple games that they played in Big 12, but it could show up here. I mean, this isn't just a problem this year. This was a problem last year. Whatever's going on with Stark, because he is an amazing play caller, the team has not been able to execute the last two seasons beyond the 40-yard line. I like Washington here. I think Texas can win by one, but it would not shock me to see Washington in the national title game. I mean, that Reds, I mean, story, story of the game against Oklahoma, honestly, uh, also could explain maybe like why the totals dropping in this game. Cause if you have red zone inefficiency, like you're not hitting a 70, like if, uh, if Texas is kicking field goals or going for it on fourth down and getting stuff instead of, uh, instead of converting those on touchdowns, that's actually pretty interesting. I hadn't really thought about that for the total of this game. Colin, I know you mentioned already because, because you've had a lot of college football, you have some teams to win the national championship. They have made it into these games. I know you were, you, you came on a bunch of times. You're like, I'm the only person with a Washington ticket that's this big. So you have a lot of stuff you're excited about. I have some Michigan stuff I'm kind of excited about. If you had no bets on the national championship in college football, and what a sad state of affairs that would be. But if you had no bets on the winner, just kind of like water gun to your head, who do you, who do you think is going to win the national championship? I would take the winner of the Texas-Washington game to win the national title. I like, I definitely like Washington on a fast turf. I definitely like Texas playing a couple hours from their campus. So, you know, go with the handicap I said there. I said Texas by one on the power rating. If the finishing drive is there, they can win this game. I'm still not sure how they stop Washington, but if I get a little wiggle room here, I would say I would take the winner of the uh, the winner of the Sugar Bowl to move on and win the national title. Now, of course, yes, I do have 100 to one on Washington. The Westgate provided me. Uh, I, I I will be heavily rooting for them, but I uh, won't be disappointed if some of the other teams win. All right, well, we can maybe go specifically game by game here in a second. We'll hit some of the other games coming up this weekend, but. Any other game that we haven't discussed that has yet to be played college football bowl season, what's your favorite bet and why? Oh, boy. Uh, I do like Penn State. There's the, 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 the players that are needed to opt in to stop the Lane Kiffin offense, uh, they have opted in. Uh, I think they're going to have a little bit too much explosive on the offensive side of the ball. Pay attention to what Drew Allard did in the last few games. His average depth of target rose from seven yards up to 11 against Indiana and Michigan State. I get it that that, you know, is Indiana, Michigan State, but they had not allowed him to pass that far the whole season. Mike Yurisich gets fired as offensive coordinator. All of a sudden, they're letting Drew Aller throw downfield. Uh, it's a different dynamic for that offense that has had everybody opt in to play this game. So I'm going to take Penn State over Ole Miss. 
Colin, curious. We're just going to hop around a little bit because there's just a couple games I want to ask you about. We've seen, uh, we saw it with Oklahoma last night. We saw it with USC the night before that. Like the big time program that's plugging in like a new quarterback, but also a really, really highly rated quarterback uh, or quarterback with like at least some reps before. And those quarterbacks have played really, really well. We have a similar setup coming on New Year's Day with Tennessee. I won't attempt to pronounce the the, the young man's last name like I am a Leava or something like that. I did try to pronounce it. Uh, but he's announced as in Joe Milton will not start the game. This kid was like a five-star recruit, like the next great quarterback at Tennessee, potentially. They're playing Iowa. It's just like a bizarre setup, like highly touted recruit quarterback for a team that scores a billion against Iowa. Uh, The spread, obviously, as I'm sure you know, Tennessee by about six, total very low. It's an Iowa game, 36, 35 and a half. Any bets in this game or like any thought to how this is all going to fit together? Yeah, two of them. And uh, it's funny about you pronouncing Nico's name. I'm about to go on BBOC Live and shoot our – shoot our little video and I've got to somehow pronounce the name too. So I'll try it. Nico, uh, I am a Leva. Uh, but I think I have two bets in this game. One was Iowa seven. I know that's not there anymore, but you can pivot off into another bet. And, and this is just people's eyes just fall out of their head when I tell them this, but I like Iowa over 13 and a half points as a team total. And when you just think about this Tennessee offense, it's a timing based offense. They like to stretch the field. They like to go verts. They'll have a slant. This is a really hard assignment for a brand-new quarterback to get his first start against this Iowa defense that will confuse you, take the ball away, and have a pick six. I mean, if you could bet on a pick six here for Iowa, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens too. So you're getting a fresh new quarterback in a, in a system that depends on timing, and you're going to go up against Iowa in the first chance? That's, that's bad. And then when you go to the other side of the ball, I can't make a case that Iowa's going to score points. But look at the his- history the last few years of Iowa in a bowl game. They've scored 21, 17, 20, uh, 42, 27, and 27, right? Over 13 and a half, Iowa team total points. It could get there with a couple of defensive scores. I'm going to take it. Colin, last question here. We have about 45 seconds left. The Fiesta Bowl has actually been like a bowl historically that's produced like some of the craziest upsets that we've seen. That's like Boise over Oklahoma. Uh, and I'm going to forget the other two that I was going to bring up, whatever. But like this, this is the classic setup, right? Huge power conference team against group of five team that's really good. And they're always a huge dog in the game. UConn won a game like this in the in the BCS series. Like, uh, like Urban Meyer, Utah won a game like this. Liberty against Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. Oregon 16 and a half. Any reason to believe something crazy could happen here in about 30 seconds? Zero. Liberty has the worst strength of schedule in the nation. Bo Nix is committed to playing this game because he wants to end on a good note. All of his teammates decided, you know what, we're going to play with you too. Does that sound like a quarterback that's going to come out in the second quarter or the third quarter? I expect Oregon starters on offense to play this all the way to the end. And Dan Lanning has no problem putting a 50-burger up. I would take Oregon team total over. Colin, awesome job, man. We love having you. We sincerely appreciate it. Hope you have a great time at the Rose Bowl, man, and that the bets go yeah. your way, especially because I think we'll be uh, we'll, be, we'll be rooting for a lot of the same stuff. Uh, big bets on campus. Colin's about to tape a live edition of the show with Stucky and Brett McMurphy. Be sure to check that out, the Action Network, and on Twitter at underscore Colin1. Happy New Year, my man. We look forward to catching up with you in 2024. Happy New Year's, guys. Thanks for having me. Our pal Colin Wilson here with us on You Better You Bet. Uh, man, that made me really, really, really excited for these games on Monday. And I'm already really excited to park my ass on the couch and watch for like nine hours on Monday. Yeah, it's like, oh, what are we what are we doing Monday? A little pregame? Nope. Off. Late as suckers. <laughs> watch, watch this game. Got my get my uh I had a friend give me a Tom Brady Michigan jersey like eight years ago. And I've never had a reason to wear it like to any because like why would you wear this? 
and I'm, I'll wear it on New Year's Day when I'm watching the game. It'll be like the first time I think I'll ever have to wear it. Good for you, buddy. Let's yeah. go blue. Go right. blue on Monday. You're really sad right. Brady-wearing jersey fan. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I, I remember watching that game that they won. It was like, well, it was at the turn of the millennium when Michigan won yeah. that game. Like a missed extra against Alabama of all teams on a missed extra point at the end of the game. On the other revenge. side, playoff sim. You're right. It is revenge. I like how we worked that in. Playoff sim in the NFL. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network.